Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Acts, chapter 5. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. You know, we don't realize it oftentimes, but God has assigned his angels to protect his people. And in those times where you, I mean, have you ever had an almost terrible accident? Yeah, and, and God just delivered you just like that. Or how about this? You had a terrible accident and God allowed you to survive it. How about that? Uh, we hear stories all the time of people who had terrible accidents and the car was totaled and they walked away. And they go, man, I sure was lucky. I go, luck. That's not, I don't believe in luck. Saints say amen. I don't believe in luck. Luck, luck runs out. Blessings don't. <laughs> you understand? That's not luck. That's not luck. You are blessed. Angels. God's presence and angels working in the lives of his people. I remember Chuck Smith telling a story one time that he had gotten up to teach. And this lady got up and ran out and she was ran out of the sanctuary and she was crying. And one of the ladies went outside and asked her what was going on. And the lady said, she said, I looked up and I saw these two huge angels standing behind Chuck with a sword drawn. And she got up and ran out. Now, listen, if any of you ever see that. (laughs) Please tell me, okay? Because I'm going to run out with the lady, all right? (laughs) Woo! Remember one time a lady came up to me after service one time. She said, oh, Pastor Rodney. She said, oh, Pastor Rodney. She said, oh, I was just, she was all into it and all, you know, taken. She says, oh, Pastor Rodney, oh, I just, I'm looking at the stage and, oh, I saw this bright light around you and shining. And, and it was just awesome. And the light, and I said, that was just the, the stage lights reflected off my bald head. She says, no. She says, no, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was the, the glory of the Lord. And I saw angels around you. And, and I believe that people see angels. And I believe that angels are, are involved in the lives of people today. Amen, saints? And so this angel now, this angel says, go and stand and speak. And they went back to the temple. Did you notice that? And I'm sure the people were amazed because they saw them. These people saw the apostles drug away by the Sadducees. And now they see them standing in the same place. And at the same time, you want to get this saints at the same time, the high priest and the Sanhedrin gathered together and they sent for the apostles. Now listen closely. You might miss this. The Sanhedrin is made up of 70 ruling men. And one high priest makes up the high court 
of the Sanhedrin. We know that Paul the Apostle, watch this, was a member of the Sanhedrin. Therefore, it is very possible that Paul the Apostle is standing there at this time as this persecution in the early church is just beginning. And that is why if you fast forward to Acts chapter 9, as Paul the Apostle is on the way, on the road to Damascus to kill the Christians, and he sees a bright light, and he hears a voice that says, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And Saul's response was what? Who art thou, Lord? See, I believe that Saul was introduced, Saul, Paul, was introduced to the Lord, and he started seeing little snapshots and little glimmers of, of Christ way back in Acts chapter 4, way back in Acts chapter 5. Then you get to Acts chapter 7, where Stephen is being stoned. Don't you remember? They put him in a pit, and Stephen looks up, and he sees Jesus standing. And Acts chapter 7 tells us that Paul the apostle was there, and they took off their coats and put it around his feet because they didn't want the blood to spill on him. So as you study the book of Acts, you can see Paul is present in the persecution of the early church, in his first church opposition, his second wave of persecution. All the while, God is leading him. He doesn't know it, but all the while, God is leading him to the point when he gets to Acts chapter 9, who art thou, Lord? You mean the Lord that Peter and John have been talking about? You mean the Lord that the Christians have been suffering for? You mean the Lord that Peter said that Stephen said he saw? standing to receive him? You mean, is it that Lord? And he gives his life to Christ. Just like that. Why? Because God does that. That's how folks get saved. Just a little bit, a little introduction, a little introduction. We call it seeds. Seed is sown, seed is sown, seed is sown, water by the Holy Spirit, seed is sown, water by the Holy Spirit. Till you get to the point where, who art thou, Lord? Gave his life to Christ. You see? Really interesting. I think he's gathered here together with these with this member of the Sanhedrin. Now, the officers of the prison in our text, they said, listen, guys, we found, did you notice in our text, we found the prison, which is a good start, okay? We found the door shut and secure, and the guards were standing post. But when we opened the doors, they said, there was no one inside. And when the Sanhedrin heard this, they thought, what will we do? Where will all this lead? At the same time, some people run in or someone runs in and says, guys, the guys that you are looking for are standing in the temple teaching the people. So they go and they get them and they bring them before the council. And again, I think Paul is there with the council. And notice the high priest, notice this, saints, the high priest asked the question, didn't we tell you not to teach in his name? See, I find it interesting. He doesn't say, how in the world did you guys get out? That'd have been my first question. Well, didn't we tell you not to teach in his name? My first question is, how did y'all get out? He didn't ask. Now, why? Speculation? My speculation? I think he knows. And I also think that he doesn't want them to say, an angel let us out. Because we don't believe in angels. So he says, now, didn't we tell you, command you not to teach in his name? And he says, now look, in verse 428, look at it again. 
It said, now look what you've done. You filled Jerusalem with your doctrine. I love that, love that, love that. Would to God someone would accuse Calvary Chapel of filling the triangle with the teaching and the preaching of the word. That's a good accusation. I mean, can you, somebody accuse you of, you know what? You are filling the triangle with Jesus. Okay. That's nice. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. That's a good accusation. Would the God that we would mobilize as a people and take the word of God and have someone to make that accusation about us that we have filled the triangle with the gospel. Well, the Sadducees indignation, point number one, you're still with me. Point number two, Peter's proclamation. Look at it again in verse 29. But Peter and the other apostles answered and said, what do they say, saints? Read it with me. We ought to obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers, in verse 30, raised up Jesus, whom you murdered by hanging on a tree. Now, listen, Deuteronomy 21, verse 22 and 23. Go read that in your own time. You'll make the connection pretty easily. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you murdered by hanging on a tree. Him God has exalted to his right hand to be prince and savior, to give repentance to Israel and the forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses to these things. And so also is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. Point number two, Peter's proclamation. There are three things that I want to mention about God. As Peter makes his proclamation, if you're taking notes, number one, three things about God. Number one, we ought to obey God. Amen, saints? Now, here in your text, you want to notice that it says we ought to obey. In the original language, it actually reads we must obey. We must. You can write that in your Bibles there. We must obey God. Not we ought to obey God. Not we need to obey God. Not it would be a smart idea to obey God. Peter says we must obey God rather than to obey men. Listen, question. Search your heart. Can you say this morning, I must obey God? Or would you say, I ought to obey God? Would you say it's a good idea to obey God? Would you say in your heart you think it's a great thing to serve God, to obey God? Or would you say, you know, I know that I must obey God. Because that's what we all need to be able to say, Christian, that we must, not we ought to, but that we must obey God. Now, what we're talking about here is civil disobedience. Civil disobedience. Now, let me just say that I don't agree with some of these wackos, if you will, who go to the abortion clinic and shoot the doctor because he performs abortions. And they go, oh, God's word is against abortion, civil disobedience. You know, God's word is against abortion, so kill the doctor. Oh, I don't agree with that. I don't, that doesn't make sense. I mean, think about it. How can you say you're concerned about life and you take life to preserve life? That doesn't make sense. But there are times when civil disobedience is allowed. There are times. 
And I want to say that the only time that I know of in the scriptures where civil disobedience, are you listening? Where civil disobedience is allowed, it's in the time where man's law violates God's law. Then you are free to obey God's law and break man's law. You understand? Say amen. In the time where man tells you to do something that violates a clear teaching of the word of God, you are free to disobey man's law because God's law is higher than man's law. If you understand now, say amen. When man would tell you, you can't speak in the name of Jesus, obey God. When man tells you, you can't teach your children about Jesus, obey God. When man tells you, you can't teach a Bible study, you can't teach the word of God, obey God. Always obey God. Many of you know I was in the military 13 years. Nine of them stationed with the Marine Corps. Go Navy. Nine of them stationed with the Marine Corps. And uh, amen. And uh, me and you, bro. And uh, stationed on the Marine Corps base, loved it. Walked into the Calvary Chapel one day, heard the teaching of the word, gripped my heart, started studying the word. A couple years later, the Lord gave me the blessing, the privilege to lead a guy to the Lord. The first person I ever led to the Lord was a guy by the name of Anthony Ruby. And I led him to the Lord, and I've told you this story, that I wanted to teach him the word because I thought it was important that he would learn the word. And so we worked together in the same office there on Camp Pendleton. And stationed at Camp Pendleton for nine years, as I said, and we worked together. And so, I, you know, Tony and I used to get together and, and study the word at lunchtime from 12 to 1. Well, one day this one guy comes up and we're out, you know, studying the word. And this guy comes up, he goes, hey, what are you guys doing? We're like, studying the Bible. And he goes, can I come? I said, sure, well, go ahead. And so we started, he came, and then one more person came, and one more person came. And before you know it, that Tuesday Bible study, there was like 10, 15, 20 people meeting at lunchtime, Tuesday Bible study, and I'm teaching the Word. So it continued to grow. People continued to come. That Tuesday Bible study with 10, 15, 20 people wind up, be, wind up to be 40 or 50 people at lunchtime. So then we had to go to two services. <laughs> We had to go to two services. I mean, you got to do something to accommodate the people. So we went to two services at 12 o'clock. Same as say, y'all with me. All right. So we went. To, so, so then we got a Tuesday Bible study. We got a Thursday Bible study. People were coming from civilians coming onto the base to be a part of this Bible study. Well, I'm blown away. I mean, I'm just teaching the Bible. and I love the word and I'm loving the people and lots of people are coming. Well, the base chaplain, they, they, they know of our Bible study because it was attracting attention because we were on one of the main roads outside. So the base chaplain tells me, he says, uh, uh, Finch, I'd like to see you in my office. So I go to his office. Now, mind you now, I am a E nothing and, and, and he's a O bazillion. Okay. So I'm a E whatever, two, three, whatever I was at the time. And he's like an O 20 thousand or whatever he is so i get to his office and he says uh finch um uh what are you what are you doing out there at lunch time i said well sir because i'm be respectful because i ain't trying to go to jail so i said i said well sir i'm teaching the bible and people are coming and you know we're studying the word and he says well well you can't do that i said well sir um why ever not and uh i did talk like that why ever not 
And uh, he said, well, because, um, you know, we have um, based, we have chaplains and chaplains, that's what they do. And, and then, you know, he's going on his litany of reasons why, you know, we have chaplains and chaplains are supposed to teach the Bible. And blah, 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 You know, by that time, I'm just all zoned out. I'm like, you know, well, that's, I mean, you, you can't do that. And I want you to cease and desist from teaching that Bible study. And I said to him, sir, with all due respect, I said, I can't do that. I said, sir, we're teaching the Bible every, you know, Tuesdays and Thursday. People are getting, you know, back to work on time because I don't think it's a good witness to be teaching the Bible and people are coming back to work late and whatever like that. You know what I mean? That's not a good witness in Jesus' name. So, you know, I said, you know, people are getting back on time, sir. We can do what we, what we like to do on our lunch break, sir. And he says, well, 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 we'll just have to get back to you for that. And I'm telling you that Bible study, God continued to grow it. God continued to bless it. There was a traffic problem. Oh, sound familiar, huh? Wow. And so I get back, they, they, and I'm not going to stop teaching the Bible. That, that's just it, because the law of God is higher than the law of men. Amen, saints? Well, you know what they did? They wind up telling me, they said, well, uh, Finch, what we decided to do is, because uh, see, they wanted to just get me off the main road, because there was like a lot of people come to my Bible study, and there was like one person coming to the chaplain's Bible study. <laughs> they wanted to get me off the main road, because all this attention was negative for the chaplaincy. So they said, what we're going to do is we're going to give you your own building. And uh, we got a building over here that's kind of empty, and we want you to meet in this your building, and you know you can just meet there anytime you want. And you know, I thought about that, and I went, thank you, Jesus. Because see, you know what God did? God's ways are higher than our ways. You know what he did? He gave us a place to meet more often. Because now, because see, the days that it rained, we couldn't meet. So now, even if it rains, sleet, snow, hail, whatever it was, we have Bible study all the time. So I was like, yeah, to God be the glory. Great, we'll do that. The Bible study continued to grow and continued to be a blessing. Because the word of God tells us that we are to obey God rather than man. If anybody ever tells you, now granted, saints, I'm talking about be a good witness. Be a good witness. Don't, you know, study the Bible when you should be working. Don't say amen too loud now, all right? Don't say, you know, I'm going, well, I'm going to read the word. Well, I'm paying you to work. Well, but you know, the word of God, we need to be studying the word. Yeah, but not while I'm paying you to work. But be mindful. Don't let anybody's law supersede the law of God. Amen, saints? These guys said, hey, we got to obey God rather than man. I got to wrap it up. Okay, listen, I'm going to give it to you quick, okay? Number one, talking about three things that he mentions about God. Number one, we must obey God. Number two, he says, it is God who raised Jesus from the dead. It's God who raised Jesus. And then the third point that I want to give you is Jesus is exalted to the right hand of God. We must obey God, Peter says. He says, it's God who raised up Jesus. And then finally, he says, and Jesus is exalted to the right hand of God. Now look at verse 33. Saints, if you're there, say amen. And when they heard this, they were furious and they plotted to kill them. And then one in the council stood up, a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law held in respect by all the people and commanded them to put the apostles outside for a while, set them aside. And Gamaliel said to them, now notice this, men of Israel, take heed to yourselves what you intend to do regarding these men. For some time ago, Thaddeus rose up claiming to be somebody. A number of men, about 400, joined him. He was killed. 
And all who obeyed him were scattered and came to nothing. And after this, another guy by the name of Judas of Galilee rose up in those days of the census, and he drew away many people after him. He also perished, and all who obeyed him, well, they were dispersed. And now I say in verse 38 to you, keep away from these men and let them alone. For if this plan or this work is of men, it will come to nothing. But if it's of God, you cannot overthrow it, lest you even be found to fight against God. Well, they agreed with him. And when they had called for the apostles and beat them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. And so they departed from the presence of the council in verse 41, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. And daily in the temple in verse 42 and in every house, they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. Stop right there. Give me your attention. When they heard the words of Peter and John, they were furious and they took counsel to kill them. There was a man who stood up by the name of Gamaliel. Gamaliel was a teacher. He was actually a teacher of the nation. People respected him quite a bit. Rab means teacher. Rabbi means my teacher. And Rabban That's how they refer to Gamaliel as Rabban, R-A-B-B-A-N. Rabban means our teacher. He was a teacher of the nation. The nation felt like they owned him. As a matter of fact, Gamaliel was committed to the law. And when he died, the Mishnah records the glory of the Torah ceased. Purity and separateness died with Gamaliel. Very interesting, incredible statement about this man. And so they took note of his advice. They took note. It was just advice. I want to tell you, it's just advice. It doesn't mean it was true. It was advice. He says, listen, you guys need to be careful. You don't want to find yourself fighting against God. He says, if this isn't of God, it will come to nothing. So what God is doing here, God is using Gamaliel to take the heat off the disciples so that they are not killed right now. Gamaliel says, listen, we've seen this before. This is nothing new. A crackpot comes on the scene, claims to be a big deal. The Romans kill him. Where are his followers? Where are they? He says that these are the same guys and it's the same thing. Then the same thing will happen to them. But if God is involved, you need to be careful. You might be found fighting with God. And wasn't it someone who said your arms are too short? The box with God. And you don't want to fight with God. Well, then notice the council in verse 40 agreed with him. And they called the apostles in and stripped them naked. It actually says, and in, in, in the original text, and beat them with 39 stripes. You might want to write that in your Bible. They received 39 stripes. And they told them that they had better not speak in the name of Jesus anymore. And notice they went away and they were bummed out. Is that what it says? No. They went away and they were sad. Is that what it says? No. They went away, the Bible says, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer for Jesus. They went away feeling honored to experience the same ridicule, to experience the same threats, to experience the same sting of the whip. They were glad to suffer for Jesus' name. Literally in the Greek language, it reads, as they were leaving, they were rejoicing. As they were leaving, they were rejoicing. How do you stop guys like this? They took them, they threatened them, they stripped them, they beat them, they flogged them, they let them go. And as they were going, they were skipping out the door singing, 
Yay. We, are, we, we, we count it a blessing to suffer shame for his name. Don't speak Jesus' name anymore or else. And they're walking out the door. Jesus, Jesus, there's something about that name. How do you stop guys like this? And notice in your Bible, and here is where I close. Daily in the temple in verse 42, in every house, they did not cease teaching. Just let me say, teaching is for the saved. Preaching is for the lost. We've talked about this at Calvary Chapel. Teaching is for the saved. That's why we're a teaching church. Because we need to build up, edify, and feed the people. And preaching is for the lost. That speaks to evangelism. You can't stop them. Question for you as I close. Are you willing to suffer shame for his name? Are you willing? I think of my favorite poem. Listen closely. I think of my favorite poem by a lady named Amy Carmichael. And she writes this. Hast thou no scars? No hidden scar on foot or side or hand. I hear thee sung as might in the land. Hast thou no scar? Hast thou no wound? Yet I was wounded by the archer spent. Lean me against a tree to die and rent. By ravening beasts that compass me I swoon. Hast thou no wound? No wound? No scar? Yet as the master shall the servant be. And pierced are the feet that follow me. But thine are whole. Can he have followed far who has no wound, no scar? The Christian life, scars. In heaven, total healing. The Christian life can be difficult. In heaven, saints, it'll be worth it. Amen. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.